Light that Sparkfire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass on diversifying your income streams. To drop these value bombs, I have brought Keith Leinbach on the mic. He had a 28-year corporate career, two IPOs, an 11-figure exit to Oracle. He was an advisor to POTUS, that's President of the United States, two CEO gigs, but he was totally, and I mean totally unfulfilled. For the last three years, he's created four new businesses, 10-figure revenue streams, and he's happy as a clam. In Fire Nation, we'll be talking all about diversified income today, how to do it, how to narrow down your options, the advice that he has for people who are feeling unfulfilled and want more out of life, and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Fire Nation, your online course journey starts today. Join Thinkific's first ever five-day course challenge and walk away with a complete blueprint for your online course that you'll be ready to put into action. Sign up for this free challenge today at thinkific.com slash fire. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash fire. If you want 2020 to be your best financial year ever, you need to join Russell Brunson's free masterclass where he shares the exact blueprint of what the top 1% of ClickFunnels users are doing differently that the other 99% are not. Register today at eofire.com slash secrets. That's eofire.com slash secrets. Keith, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hey, thanks, John. Hi, Fire Nation. Uh, man, that is a good question. I, I asked my wife this the other day because I, I knew you'd probably ask me, and she said, you should tell people you have a podcast. <laughs> hey, <laughs> my podcast isn't doing that bad. It's actually growing That's pretty funny. significantly. But um, I would say someone, something that people don't really know is that I'm, a, I'm an avid and certified free diver. My son and I uh, like to spear a lot of fish in Mexico. And um, when we're spending time doing it, I thought it probably makes sense to know like how to do this safely. I'd hate to be the dad that did something bad and something bad happened. So anyway, we got certified down to Southern Florida and and really have a great time. My son is just an animal. He just did a four minute, 19 second breath hold. What? And um, he's he's pretty awesome. Man, he must do that Wim Hof breathing exercise. I'm trying to implement That's that. Funny. I just yeah. did a a 90 second uh, breath hold today, which I was pretty happy with. That's my top so far, and that's not, by the way, underwater. So it's a different ball game. I might be breathing in a little bit of oxygen without even knowing it. So very impressed with your son. And I might have to invite you guys down to my little abode here in Puerto Rico because one thing I'm really trying to do, you know, I've got solar, I've got a garden being built out front. I'm like doing nice. all these things to kind of go off the grid. But I'm like, hey, if that next like disaster comes or a hurricane whips through, like I need to know how to feed myself and my family. And I think spear fishing off the coast of Puerto Rico here, it could be pretty fun. Let's do that. And it is really worth spending the time with people, one, who know how to fish, but second, really understand the science behind breath holds because shallow water blackouts do happen yeah. and, uh, and you don't recover. So you need to dive with a buddy. You need to dive with someone that's that's paying attention to your diving and vice versa and then knows what to do when something goes sideways because you know that's, that's why you're there for each other. It's really good advice. I mean, one story that my dad tells a lot is when he was like dared um, when he was a kid 
to swim underwater like a couple laps of the pool and he actually blacked out underwater and luckily there was a lifeguard that was able to save his life but I mean he was probably minutes you know from being gonzo so it is very very important Fire Nation to do all the right things in that area but back to the focus a masterclass in diversifying your income streams and Keith you are a master in this I mean me personally I had a very very brief and lackluster corporate career yours was exciting and very successful so why did you leave it all behind to become this thing called an entrepreneur my dad was a great leader, and he told me once when I was growing up that he had always become the president or the leader in whatever functional name it was of every organization he ever became part of. And that was just kind of casually in conversation, but it, you know, that's my dad. I just immediately took that into my soul as I, I, I must lead everything that I'm part of, which, you know, it's kind of weird, but I remember graduating from college, and this is, you know, this is quite a while ago, and my roommate... Johnny Matino left me as my graduating gift a, a a placard that I would put on my desk and it said Keith Leinbach CEO because even then I was thought hey I want to be a CEO but when I when I was in school I wrote myself a note to be opened on my 30th birthday and I still have this note and that happens to be a few years ago at this point but um, I I read it now and then because it's really enlightening for me that I didn't know the difference between these two things one is I thought I wanted to be a CEO. And what I had wrote in that note to myself for my 30th birthday was, you better own your own business. You just turned 30. And so even then I knew what I wanted to be was an entrepreneur, but I had translated it into being a CEO. And those are very, very different things in, in, uh, in lots of ways. And so when I graduated college, I went to school, I went to, to work for Accenture, which, you know, was Arthur Anderson back in those yeah. days. And um, I just immediately thought, uh, you know, I'm going to be the CEO of Accenture. And then I stuck around there for nearly 10 years and ended up moving on to some different roles, but always with the aspiration to become a CEO. And then I finally became a CEO and did a couple stints as a CEO. And two things happened. One is um, probably three things. The first is like, it's it's very fulfilling from an ego perspective, but it is that's kind of where you draw the line. The second thing is, I don't, I don't really think I'm a very good CEO. Like, there's probably stuff that I do as a CEO that's in the top one percent, but there's also a bunch of stuff that's in the in the bottom one percent. And you really need to be great, you know, kind of across the spectrum. I, I just don't think I am. And when I left the corporate world, then I thought, okay. I'm going to go create something on my own and really have a chance to lead and and grow the way that I want to. Because even as a CEO, you 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 report to the board. It's not like you don't have a boss. And so I I just wanted the freedom to be able to do what I want when I want, dress the way I want, you know, and the list goes on, right? And, and for me, just me personally, and it's not for everybody, but being an entrepreneur checks a lot more boxes. And the thing is, that's really what I wanted to do from the get-go. I just spent 28 years trying to figure it out. I'm not a very fast learner, I suppose. You said dress like you want. And Fire Nation, this might be a little TMI here, but I mean, that was a big driver for me as well. I, I just got so sick and tired of wearing like a suit and a tie to work. It just wasn't something that I felt comfortable in. And some people, they love it. You know, it's like their pajamas. But for me, it just wasn't. And it's like I, getting back to the TMI thing, I mean, here I am in Puerto Rico. You know, I'm standing in my office at my standing desk and I'm just wearing my favorite bathing suit. Like that's how I love Let's to see, walk around perfect. my house. That's where you're supposed to be. I might pop on some flip-flops, you know, who knows, you know, but that's, that's about the extent of it. I mean, I just, this is the Caribbean lifestyle that I chose and I absolutely love this. And 
I mean, I talked to Keith all about everything you've done, you know, over the years, your 28 you know, year corporate career, two IPOs, 11 figure exit, all this great stuff in the intro. And we got some other cool things that we're going to be getting into that you've built over the years. But first off, I kind of want to get into a little bit of diversified income chat and strategy. Like talk to us about diversified income from your perspective. What does that mean? I've found that no matter what your job is, for the most part, like, you know, almost 99% of use cases, that income stream is going to come to an end, full stop. And it might be because you got lucky and retired and drifted off to beautiful Puerto Rico, or (laughs) perhaps it's more likely you got fired or the company went under or whatever. Like, look at, look at the, who were the top, 100 companies 15 years ago. Seriously. Like, none of those companies exist today or they aren't the top 15. I think I just heard that like out of the S&P 500, there's only one company remaining from like 1915 or something and that's like GM. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy this kind of turn. And those are the biggest companies in America, aka the world. Yeah, and the most innovative and you know, the list goes on of all the different ways you could describe them and then all of a sudden they aren't. And if your income is tied to that, then I, you know, as a CEO, I made a lot of money but you know, I didn't have enough to retire at 50 years old and, and live until, you know, hopefully I'm 90. And so, like, what, what are you going to do to create income streams and diversify the way you make money? And I started talking about it as passive income. And then I realized I'm not, not really talking about passive income. I mean, to some extent, maybe. But when I was talking to a really smart guy and he said, Keith, what you're talking about is diversifying your income and it might not be passive. It can certainly be way more passive than punching a clock and getting paid for every hour that you're on the job or a salary based on what your boss or your board is willing to pay you. But it is, um, it's having multiple streams of income. And so, you know, when you think about that, what you think about a diversified portfolio, you want bonds and equities, and that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if if you lost your job today, or let's say, you know, we're talking about <laughs> as a drivers for, for leaving your job. It's mostly because you're not fulfilled, right? So many people in the corporate world, including myself, like just not really, not really satisfied. Yeah. And so as an entrepreneur, much more satisfied. So you're really a fulfilling deal and use that then to drive and create different sorts of businesses that will diversify income. And so when I headed down this path, I hooked up with a buddy of mine that was in a similar position and a very senior guy. And uh, I said, man, I'm, I'm going to go build some laundromats. I just talked to a friend of mine who <laughs> dropped his daughter off. Listen, I, you know, I, I come home and tell my wife, hey, I, I think we're going to get in the laundromat business. She looked at me like I had just grown a second head. I would just open my third laundromat and they're beautiful, beautiful facilities. They aren't necessarily more expensive than if you were to do it and build a junkie facility. But with, you know, you can do a lot with polished concrete, sure. paint and wallpaper and put beautiful new equipment in and just don't pack the surroundings, right? You can, you can create a nice environment that generates, it generates income. But listen, here, here's the thing that I've learned through this process that I just did not appreciate very well. So I set out on this path. I said, okay, I'm going to, I want to build car washes, laundromats, and salon suites. Those are the three things. And as I got into it, I realized, wow, for, for car washes, one of the very expensive projects, you know, a car wash can cost you four to $5 million. I'm talking about a long tunnel kind of car wash. And that thing will generate $800,000 of, of net earnings like EBITDA. 
And that's a that's a pretty good gig. And if you have three or four or five of those, right, that's pretty fantastic. One quarter a at a time, baby. Come on. Yeah, exactly. But those are, I mean, that's those are massive projects with investors and bank money and all kinds of stuff. And the timeline to get these things live, like the question you have to be asking yourself is, what is my timeline to income? Because if you're in a corporate career or some other you know, some other thing where you're unsatisfied and you'd like to be entrepreneurial, the, the question you got to be asking yourself is what is my timeline to income? And then if that is really short, there, you know, there are things you can do. And if you've got a long time, like I could keep my corporate job for the next two years while I build up this other thing, or I've got a giant nest egg and I could, you know, operate for three or four years and have the capital to build something out, then, you know, then, then you, you've got some different options um, but you have to be really honest with that question because like my laundromats, I first decided, hey, I think I'll build a laundromat. And then I told my wife and then we had that discussion. <laughs> and then I said, well, where are we going to build them? And then we looked around and then I found a location. The lease took a year. Wow. And then the build out took a year. And then it's a year of ramp rate up to actually generating like what you would expect in the in the final state of your business model and the run rate. So you're three years. Like I, I launched into this and thought, oh, I'll have a laundromat open in six months. That's, I'm just, so, it's so naive. <laughs> That's really hard. And so you really have to be honest with that question. I mean, get ready for this Fire Nation. Keith has built, acquired, and washed out, not just of a couple of businesses, but a bunch of businesses. You know, we're talking about laundromats, like he was just mentioning, car washes, salons, short-term rentals, Amazon Amazon private label franchises, and and that's just the beginning of the list. I mean, he's acquired big businesses as well. I mean, Keith, this has all been part of your grand experiment, which we're talking about right now, and he's just getting started, Fire Nation. And we have a lot of awesome fire and value bombs coming up for you as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. Thinkific is the best platform to create, market, and sell your own online courses. And we speak from personal experience. We've been hosting our online courses with Thinkific since 2017. With Thinkific, our ability to deliver content to our students in a simple, user-friendly way has become so much simpler. Uploading videos to our membership site and adding PDF documents and resources is such a breeze. Plus, everything is laid out to help make it easy for our students to consume. One of my favorite things about working with Thinkific, their support. The Thinkific team always has our back. So if you're ready to create an online course to help you reach a wider audience, build revenue, and make a bigger impact, then Thinkific is the perfect partner to have by your side. To prove it, Thinkific has an exclusive offer for you, Fire Nation, their five-day course challenge. Over five days, you'll get tactical, actionable tips from five rockstar entrepreneurs, including myself, and walk away with a complete blueprint for your online course. Sign up for this free challenge today at thinkific.com slash fire. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash fire. Fire Nation, the quality of your business funnels will make or break your business. But no need to worry, I have exactly what you need to succeed in 2020. So if you don't have a funnel yet, or if your current funnel doesn't convert, or if you simply need more traffic to your funnel, I have the perfect training for you. The founder of ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson, has put together an incredible training that will deliver everything you need to know to make 2020 your best year ever. During this free masterclass, you'll learn the number one funnel secret, the number one conversion secrets, and the number one traffic secrets to help you grow your business faster than you ever could have imagined. And these secrets aren't just assumptions. They're proven tactics backed by a team that's filled with funnel experts. Register today at eofire.com slash secrets. That's eofire.com slash secrets. 
So Keith, we're back and so we've been going through this grand experiment of yours and I just love how you're really setting realistic expectations. I mean, you're not going to have an idea and six months later have it be this net profitable thing in most scenarios, in most cases. Like it takes time, it takes investment, it takes patience, it takes a lot of things. But at some point, we have to choose something to focus on. So how do we narrow down our options? What is your formula for this? I think the very first question, like we talked about before the break, is is making sure that you know your timeline to income. And what I mean is, like, let's say you're making a couple hundred grand a year in a corporate job, and that's what you need to maintain your lifestyle, and that's what your wife's expecting you to bring home, so that you know you, you keep everything calm around the house, or husband, or right for sure. And in in either scenario, you you have to make sure that you're real about when you're going to be able to produce that income. And so what I tell folks is. If you have a long timeline, and that's either because you have a giant nest egg or big enough nest egg, or you have a corporate career that you can do a little bit of stuff on the side to launch something, mm. then pursue that path if that's what you want to do. And maybe you could start something and commercialize an idea, right? Everybody is kind of enamored with their own idea. I'm going to make money from my idea. But I'll tell you, there's two other ways to make money from other people's ideas. One's called a franchise. And um, if you have a storefront, you still have a long path to get through a lease and a build out. So you need to be, need to be careful there. But at least you're stepping into a business that's that's proven. I've been through the franchise process seven times Whoa. now, and I, I ended up picking one. And um, it's a great business that uh, we just launched a couple of three months ago now, and that's called Smash My Trash. And so that's your favorite franchise of the seven, Smash My Trash? It is. And so for me, that fit a, a couple... Um, you know, really critical areas. One is it's in the franchise world, it's a fairly nominal investment. Like you can own a territory uh, for, you know, including the equipment that you need to operate that territory, which is a truck yep. uh, for about 300,000 bucks. Okay. And that thing will generate revenue of 500,000 with about a 40% EBITDA. So, you know, you're going to make $200,000 uh, by investing 300 up front. And if you wanted to finance that through the SBA or whatever, I'm, I'm sure you can. So, you know, if you thought about a 20% down investment on $300,000 and start up your 60 grand to make you 200,000 a year, and there's a driver and a sales guy and a bookkeeper, right? So for me, it's a great return on capital and it's low overhead in terms of staff. And compare that to, I looked at another uh, deal is, is one of these, that's an indoor like an indoor family entertainment center, like think uh, like um, uh, Sky Jump or whatever those things are called, Urban Air, th those kinds of deals. Now you're talking about a $2 million investment Whoa. with a, you know, a gigantic lease and a huge build out and, you know, possibly a hundred, hundred part-time minimum wage employees with management staff, like to return those stores will do two and a half million dollars of revenue at a 20% EBITDA. So they're going to do 500,000 bucks. But think of all the brain damage in managing that. I, I don't want to go manage a hundred people. You can just do two smash my trashes and there you are. Exactly. Now real quick, because it's kind of descriptive smash my trash, but what exactly does it do? Like what's the whole thought process and business model? Yeah. So if you look at an open top dumpster, like a, a typical they're called a 30-yard container, like if you're in the in the haul-off dumpster <laughs> business. So a 20-yard, 30-yard, 40-yard containers, that's a typical dumpster that you would see outside of a, like a big warehouse or maybe if you did a home remodel project and you, you chunked all the stuff into the dumpster that the guy brought over. The guy that brought it over and hauled it off, that's, that's called a haul-off. 
And those dumpsters typically cost, you know, say it's 350 bucks per haul off. And it doesn't mean, that doesn't matter if you're a residential guy doing a house remodel or you've got a warehouse and you're loading it up and, and having it hauled off twice a day. Or you might get a little bonus on a, on a, on a, but those things get hauled off. They've got an eight ton capacity and they're typically getting hauled off with, with maybe a thousand pounds in it. So instead of 16,000 pounds, they have a thousand. That's because they're loaded full of air. You've got pallets and you've got boxes and packing material and, you know, things that can be smashed. And so what this thing is, is this gigantic truck. (laughs) I mean, it's the world's greatest Tonka toy ever. It's, it's got a three ton drum on the end of a big boom and we lower it down into these open top containers and we smash their trash. And literally the, the, the drum is operated hydraulically. It's got huge teeth. You lower that three ton drum on a, on a dumpster full of pallets that's at 110%, you know, full, and you'll take it down to 25 25%. That's like 80%. That's insanity right there. I mean, I yeah. love that. Now, real quick, and we don't have to go down this road because I know a lot of people are kind of sensitive about talking this about this kind of stuff, but you said that of the seven franchises you went down, Smash Your Trash, Smash My Trash has been your favorite for the reasons that we just discussed. What was your least favorite franchise and why? Someone's going to charge you 7% right off the top. So right off the top, man, before you talk about how much you're going to make in net earnings, know that 7 or 8% of that is going right off the top. Now, some, some franchises uh, like Christian Brothers, I think it's a great franchise. It's a really well-run company. Uh, they actually kicked me out of the process. So it's not mm-hmm. always that I, I opted out. And that's because they want owner operators. And I said, I'm, I'm not really here to be an operator. I'm here to be an owner, but I don't, I'm probably not going to be there every day. And so that was a non-starter for those guys. And, and um, I just wasn't a fit for their model. It's a fabulous, I think it's a fabulous company and a great franchise. But, you know, they take uh, the royalty off of profitability. Most of them don't. But the point of all that is if, if someone's going to take 7 or 8% off the top or the equivalent off the bottom, they better have a tremendous product, a tremendous brand, or an incredible patent on something or, or maybe a tremendous like process differentiation, like you couldn't figure it out on your own. So when you look at some of these franchises that I, that I was evaluating, um, either it was either like this family entertainment thing that was just way, way, way too much money with way too much overhead. And listen, if I'd actually done it, and then we're in four months of a pandemic shutdown, right? How would you like to be paying 80 grand in rent a month on a facility <laughs> that you can't get anybody to go to, right? That's awful. So I think you got to be honest with yourself about like, you know, how, how much value is this franchise actually providing to me? Is it something that, like if it's Baskin Robbins, right? People come to Baskin Robbins because it's Baskin Robbins. I, I think they're a franchise. 31 flavors and or 37. 31 flavors, right? 31, that's yeah. why I go there. Yeah, I don't go to the, <laughs> the place down the street that's like mom and pop joint. I, I want to go to Baskin Robbins because it's huge brand, right? And that's, that's probably worth the 8%. But if you look at some other models where, I mean, what are they really giving you? And I, I just thought in some cases it really wasn't, as they say, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Ooh, that's a good way to end on that note. And let's get down to brass tacks, Keith, because, I mean, man, let's be honest. COVID, just the economy, there's a lot of things that are going on right now. And there's just a lot of people who are out there in the world listening to this podcast who are feeling unfulfilled and they know and they want to get more out of life. So what advice would you have for those people? Give yourself a chance. When I started out on this thing, I thought I, you know, and in the business model I created, I was going to have these, these four different businesses and, um, it, it just didn't work out that way. And, 
however people envision what they're going to go do, three years down the road, it's going to look different than that looks. So just start something and you're going to find out so many things. You learn so much. You're going to find out that, geez, I don't need to build something from scratch. I could just go buy a business and three months from now, I step into a revenue stream from a fantastic business that I get to grow and own and lead and all those kinds of things. And you might not have that opportunity in your own corporate career, but that is what it takes for fulfillment for you. So I would say like, start to get honest with yourself about where you think you get energy and then start to define the the goals for that. Write them down and, and put them in colors and, and make them real to yourself. Give your brain something visual to focus on and then break that down into really small steps. And don't feel like the first thing that you think of is what you're going to end up doing. And don't even think that if you spend a little bit of time on the side because you have time that you can spend doing it, um, that that it is, it is where you're going to land or that it's going to be successful. Just try it and it'll cause you to pivot as you learn different things. And then you're going to end up landing in a path because you, you navigated that path yourself and you found success by, by doing it through, through this path that you found by exploration. You're not going to be able to research it to, to death and figure it out. I mean, it's going to change, but don't be intimidated by that, man. Embrace it. That's where the energy comes from. That's what is actually going to drive you because when you get there, it's that journey that you're going to look back on and go, dang, man, that's valuable, right? That was really powerful for, for me. And, and now you end up on the other side of that thing. And someone told me this really smart thing one time. They said, everything that you want is just on the other side of hard. Ooh. And, and just, you know, when you, when you take that to heart, you, you know, when you get in the hard stuff, you're like, all right, man, this is the hard thing you were talking about. Good is on the other side of that. And it, and it generally turns out to be right. Keith, you are a bottomless well of value bombs. I mean, you've done so much. You continue to just give and share. I mean, you have a podcast where you're dropping value bombs. You are just doing a lot of good things in the entrepreneurial world right now. So do this for us. Give us the biggest takeaway that you want to make sure that we really get from everything that we talked about here today. Give us where we can find and learn more about you, any call to action you might have, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, thanks, man. So don't be afraid. Just start something. Just pursue something. It could be an Amazon online book business that just gets you an understanding of how Amazon works, but at least you're trying something that's not a lot of time and you can make a little money and have some fun and teach your kids cool lessons. Yeah, um, I started there uh, as well and had a really great experience um, that led me to an Amazon private label business that now I'm going to sell. Um, in fact, if anybody wants it, they can contact me because I'm going to put it up for sale. <laughs> they can take it. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you, can, um, you can learn more about um, – I, I publish all the business models for all of these businesses. These are complicated Excel files with the real P&L and the oh, wow. real capital costs. To start, and like if you Google what's it really cost me to start a car wash or start a laundromat and what am I really going to make, you can't find that. And you can go to dinkpie.com, D-I-N-C-P-I-E.com slash – fire and you will be able to get access to a lot of those assets that I just made available for free and tons of videos on stuff that I've I've learned and I'm really just I mean I'm just straight out there just trying to put it out there for you and sometimes it's really raw and sometimes it's you know a little more refined but I just people want value not it's not the packaging and so when I started these things I didn't have access to it and so I told myself hey when when it is available why don't you just do something good for for others that are looking for the same stuff like those people aren't going to come out and compete with me mm. that, that's real the reality is there's thousands and tens of thousands of people out there that are looking for a different path and don't know where to start and I just 
bulldoze my way through it. Other people might need some more information, and that's why I provide it. And it's on DINCPI, which actually stands for the Diversified Income Passive Income Experiment, D-I-N-C-P-I-E.com. And, um, you know, it's got more about my story and um, lots of other stuff. Go check it out. I was going to ask you to break down what DINCPI meant as well, because at first I was thinking it meant dual income, no kids, because a lot of people are like, oh, oh I'm yeah. a dink, dual income, no kids. But I like it. DINCPI.com slash fire. And the podcast as well, where can they get that? Diversified Income Experiment. And it's it's literally just blowing up the number of downloads that, that I see uh, every month. And I'm excited by that because what I'm trying to do is share the same stuff. I'm not giving a blithering thing about, you know, how you're going to get rich in the next week. I'm giving the real facts about, hey, I just started. I, I have three laundromats that are live. I bought yeah. a business and talk about the process of going through that. I had four car wash projects that all washed out and I give the details of why that stuff happened. And if you think you're going to go get into car washes, they're fantastic businesses, but no, you're going to you're going to have a, a, a 100 batting average like 0.1 right <laughs> it's, it's it's awful <laughs> 10 at bats for for one hit and it's all out there on diversified income experiment that's the podcast go check that out as well i'm really really excited that it's growing as much as it is because that means people are listening and totally. coming back it's like your super bomb fire nation man i think all the, <laughs> the people that are listening to you totally that's because they get value out of it and that's what i'm hoping i'm providing on diversified income experiment as well well you're providing value here keith you're providing value there you use the word blithering which i haven't actually thought of since i read the count of monte cristo by alexander dumas so i'm going to bring that word back knowing that you use it as well i love that and fire nation nice. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with KL and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type Keith in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we chatted about. Best show notes in the biz. They're even better than Keith's. And head over to dinkpie.com slash fire for all that goodness. And of course, listen to his podcast. Keith, thank you for sharing your truth, your value, your knowledge with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. My pleasure. Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bomb content was brought to you by Keith. And are you ready to rock your very own podcast? Well, if the answer is yes, check out our free F-R-E-E podcasting course where I teach you how to create and launch your podcast. Freepodcastcourse.com. That's freepodcastcourse.com. I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, your online course journey starts today. Join Thinkific's first ever five-day course challenge and walk away with a complete blueprint for your online course that you'll be ready to put into action. Sign up for this free challenge today at thinkific.com slash fire. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash fire. If you want 2020 to be your best financial year ever, you need to join Russell Brunson's free masterclass where he shares the exact blueprint of what the top 1% of ClickFunnels users are doing differently that the other 99% are not. Register today at eofire.com slash secrets. That's eofire.com slash secrets.